Hey y'all. Okay, so you know, you tuned in episode 2. Um I'm bringing a guest on this episode. We're going to get real deep, okay? So we talking race, we talking the movement. We talking all of that. So you know, you know, sit back, um get comfy and let's let's get it. Okay, y'all. So I'm with my best friend, my sister, my soulmate, like this is so many in friend form. I don't know if y'all believe in that. We're going to have an episode about that, Jordan, where we talk about how we're friends in soulmate form. That actually was a real thing. It is. And we got to let the people know how there's different types of soulmates. But that's not this episode. That's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're here to talk about. No. So we're here to get real. We're here to get deep into it. Talk about, what, being biracial? Yeah, let's start there. Let's start there. We can talk about how we grew up. Um, we grew up different. Yeah, we definitely did. Yeah, um, we are the same in the aspect that Jordan's dad is black, my dad is black, Jordan's mom is white, my mom is white, we already, we already, correct, correct. (laughs) So, how did we grow up different? Let's see. Um, the part of town I grew up on (laughs) was really diverse. I would say there was a lot of black people. Um, if I could describe us where we grew up, us as in me and my people, um, not Jordan. <laughs> um, I would say that we are bougie ratchet. Like we was, we was too bougie for for the hood schools, but we was too ratchet for the good schools. <laughs> so we were real diverse. And then Jordan, let's let's talk about Europe. I kind of want to hear what he was saying. My school was bougie, bougie. Uh, no, Jordan's school wasn't even bougie, y'all. Jordan's school was was, was cowboys. Okay. <laughs> affected you with that so if there was no distinct you said like mixed was non-existent and it was either you were black or you were white so where do you think they placed you because I'm gonna talk about where I got placed so I want to know where you got placed oh my I know I just said it's like you were black or you were white and I saw myself as black and I'm sure other people did as well but my closest friends they were like oh you're one of us like no, Jordan, like, they acted like I was white up in there with them. White, you know? <laughs> so, like, how I said that, yeah, no. Anyways, but, and I felt like they just didn't really, I mean, as I got older, I got more into my identity as a black woman, but I was kind of very pushed down and dismissed growing up, and so I didn't know how to embrace it until later. I would say mine is similar. Um... Yeah, I always found it hard to figure out where I fit in at because as cliche as this sounds, and I know me and you say this a lot, but I was too white for the black kids and I was too black for the white kids. So I think in my like younger me, struggled a lot with my identity 
um, I didn't know like really who I was. I knew I was mixed. I knew I was black. I knew I identified more with black um, because I had like the, okay, I'm not even about to say I had all the features because <laughs> I didn't. Um, I had the hair. <laughs> Um, and you know, I had a, I had a little bit of melanin, just a tiny bit, just a little bit. We got, we got a dash, maybe just, a just, a, just a dash of melanin. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, yeah, I definitely struggled with my identity. I didn't really know where I fit in. I would say my friend group was diverse though, but I think that's because my school was diverse. So I think I had like a good amount of white friends, black friends, and then I even had mixed friends. So I think that helped me too. But in a way that also kind of hurt me because I feel like they were also struggling with their identities. So it was like, okay, well, I found this group of people that I kind of fit in with, but, you know, this one acts more white and this one acts more black. And here I am, like, I don't know which spectrum I want to go off of. And then on top of that, I didn't know my identity, like, at home, really. I grew up in the white family. Now, like, my family was always, yeah, know your culture, know your background, but that's hard for a single white mom to teach. So it was like, okay, now what? And I mean, like, I have black people in my family. Like, my cousin married a black man. We have black friends. But that's not the same as growing up with someone black. So I feel like you, like you grow up, you grew up with your dad in the home, you had your brothers. So do you think that helped? I do, but I think, and I love my dad, but I think what he went through was really hard. And so he would tell us about moving all the time and a little bit of his childhood, but he never went into like the racism that he faced that often. And I think it was because he struggled so much, like, those movies about police brutality and everything, like, I always went to see them because I want to know, like, what's going on. I want to be up to date, like, see how it was, even, like, as hard as it is. And I asked my dad one time, like, oh, do you want to go see this with me? And he was like, I don't need to see it. I've lived through it. So he takes that shit. Yeah, like, he's really <laughs> oh, shit. And so that, like, growing up with him, it, I think he tried to give us the best life possible, which is why I think we grew up in the area that we did. So I don't blame him for not teaching me a ton about black culture, but I definitely didn't know as much. Maybe, like, you probably did know more than me. Like, I was around black family members, like, once every three years and when I was really young. So it wasn't like I was getting a lot. Yeah, I feel like where you grew up probably played a role in that for you. But I think it's important to note that, like, how you said now in your adulthood, you're more in touch with it because I've realized that about myself too. Like, you know me, I'm over here super pro black. Okay. I want to be the next Malcolm X. <laughs> <laughs> so that, but that's been me for like years now. But when I say years, I mean college. Like I feel like the black woman in me really like jumped out when I got to college mm -hmm. and I think it was because I was able to be on my own and I was able to really find myself and that's who I identified with the most so I used college I used my resources I joined the BSU like I watched those movies I watched the documentaries I read about it like I did reports on it like this at one point I feel like 
I was eating, sleeping, and breathing Black culture because I just wanted to feel it so bad. So now I'm like, okay, like I'm here. Here I am. I'm a Black woman. (laughs) But I feel like in that, I still face the, you're not Black enough. Like, let's, you know what, let's talk about it. Let's, Let's get into the current events. Like the post I've seen where it's saying biracial people have no right to talk on the movement because you're not black enough. You're only half black. I saw a tweet that said we stopped celebrating Juneteenth at three because we're we're just mixed. Yeah, they got the game fucked up because I'm about to go celebrate Juneteenth all night anyways. <laughs> um, And I don't like that because it's like it's causing more of a divide, I feel like, and it's causing more of that identity crisis with biracial people. Like, you want us to pick, but then whenever we pick, you don't like what we picked. So it's like, which one do you want from us? I identify as a black woman. When I'm checking those boxes, I check African-American. Like, that's what I am. No offense to my white people, but it's like, that's what I identify with. And I understand that, you know, being mixed, I'm not going to face all the same struggles that people who are fully black face. Um, we can even get into the light skin privilege right now. Let's do, we can, you know, we, let me pause real quick. This conversation is about to go in so many different directions, but I promise it's all going to tie in. We're trying to talk about biracial. We're trying to talk about light skin, colorism, colorism current events so just bear with us as we jump around but I promise it's gonna make sense and y'all are gonna enjoy it so anyways like I was saying I feel like you know I I understand that my lighter skin and the fact that I'm half white means that I don't face the same struggles like I get that wholeheartedly but let's be real like the cops don't care So if we're being 100% real and blunt, the cops don't care. Like, I've been followed around stores. I've been racially profiled. I've been called a nigger before. Like, those people did not care that I was light-skinned. They did not care that I was half-white. All they seen was black. So it's like, I get it. But at the same time, like, can we get some credit? Because I'm fighting for this movement just as hard as you. Like, I'm in it. (laughs) touch on like it's a privilege that we acknowledge and we're not ignorant to but it's not a privilege that we necessarily want we don't want these men to be like oh we like you better because you're light-skinned bitch shut the fuck up because i'm that black woman is beautiful i you should pick her over me the butt i don't get it like okay let, like, for real like i will check a man for sucking down on a black woman like okay. we're not about to do that like i hate this shit and i hate that there's light-skinned girls who are like that. Because then it puts a bad rep for all of them. And they think that we all have this privilege and all want this privilege and all are, like, ignorant to the privilege. And we're just, like, these stuck-up, bougie bitches who just, like, don't care. And it's not like that, at least for us. I know for a fact for us, it's not like that. Like, I love black women. Black is so beautiful to me, especially dark-skinned women. Like, do y'all see how the sun hits them? Like, they literally glow in the sun you know what happens whenever i'm out in the sun too long a bitch turns red you know what happens when they're out in the sun i look like a tomato like y'all are out here beautiful and it's like it is really shitty that they've had to grow up with that 
and that they continue to face this colorism like that shit sucks and I can't even imagine and my heart goes out to them but like I'm on your side sis like I don't want it to be a us versus them like I don't want them to feel like that because we are fighting this like we want to fight with them for them and not be against them exactly like I'm always gonna go up to bat and go to war for black women like Malcolm said that black women are the least protected like we are the most disrespected group in America like and I believe that so I am really trying to go to bat and fight for y'all and I just want y'all to know that like in all this colorism and stuff yes there is light-skinned bitches who are really ignorant to it and just don't care but please don't discount the couple of us that are really fighting for y'all and really down for y'all like we really love y'all I don't I I think the privilege is ass honestly I don't think all light-skinned girls are pretty if we're being real I've seen more ugly ones than I have pretty ones like these hoes are out here looking like Arthur if we're being all the way real so no like I hate that shit. I really hate that. Like, I hate seeing it. I hate seeing these men degrade dark-skinned women, brown-skinned women. Like, I hate it. And I hate the fact that they aren't as protected as women of lighter, lighter skin tones. Like, I am fighting for y'all. <laughs> like, yes. Like, Can we touch on how we don't have a lot of friends that are dark-skinned? I mean, I can speak for myself. Like, I know a lot especially going to Ohio State. Oops, it's, it's okay. It's a big school. Yeah, it's a huge school. But I know a lot, and I've befriended and, like, become acquaintances, but I maybe have one or two that I consider, like, my best friends. And to me, that's not enough. Like, I want to surround myself with beautiful black women, but I don't feel accepted because I think they just think we feel entitled to that privilege, and we don't even want it. I, I can feel that. And I feel like... Like, me, personally, I have one dark-skinned friend, and I have more brown-skinned friends. But, yeah, like, I don't think I have enough. I would want more. Like, I want an army, okay? I want an army of beautiful black women. Like, I want us to, like, pop up, and they be like, oh, shit, turning heads. Like, I want y'all to be my girls. And it's like, I think the colorism has just gotten so out of hand in the black community that it is causing, like, that prejudgment and it's like okay well she's light-skinned so I'm automatically like no I'm not fucking with it and it's like no because I want to be your friend and I like like I said I will go to bat I will go to war about this like I will check a light-skinned bitch I will check a nigga like I will check anybody like we're not about to degrade black women especially brown and dark-skinned women we're not gonna do it they've got it enough let's stop like it's so corny to me I hate it Mm -hmm. I hate it so we can't, we can't solve it all in one podcast or I know. In one night. So. I, I wish I could. I just want to change the world. <laughs> Man, Jordan said my name. Pretend y'all didn't hear that. Anyways. Um yeah, you know. That, that was a good talk about the colors and this yeah. stuff. I feel like that that is a major thing in the movement right now, but I don't want that to take away from the movement. Um, and I definitely don't want it to be 
like, I'm not trying to sound any type of way whenever I say this, whenever I say I don't want to take away from this whole podcast episode, because we are trying to touch on so much in a small amount of time. Um, so I want to know, because personally, I've been dealing with it. I want to know how in the middle of this civil rights movement we have going on, how has it affected your relationships with people? family, friends, co-workers, associates, like, has it? Because it's affecting mine. Mm-hmm. So I know the extent, obviously, with your family. Oh, we're going to get into it. Yeah. I'm oh, airing shit out. So with mine, my mom obviously does not stand for this shit whatsoever. But the other side, so I think an important thing to know, especially getting into, like, how I don't really know that much about black culture is none of my family lives in this area nowhere near like the closest is two hours away so your black family no not even oh. my black family like my closest family period is two oh. hours away my closest black family is in like Colorado oh wow okay so and that also goes so I didn't see them often so I didn't you know get into like that side of my family whatever but oh my god I got off hand what was the topic um your family and how the movement has affected your relationships with people but so obviously I know that they're very um progressive on you know fighting for black lives and everything like that but my white side at least I just recently saw my cousin post a thing about like he was like I'm not dealing with my family shit anymore and I was like huh what there you mean there's sides of my family that I that aren't agreeing with like you know every human rights like, <laughs> like what hold on and I read his post and he was just like vouching for us and saying how he's tired of it and he thinks that we deserve all this stuff he's not dealing with the racial anything anymore and I was just like I had never seen any of my cousins speak out and I think that in itself is like just and not like that says enough like I didn't even see any of them speak out post a black picture for <laughs> the black squares <laughs> so seeing that kind of opened my eyes and to make me realize like maybe I should be looking at them because I mean they might be two hours away, they're not that close to me, but, like, I need to know if that's family I don't really want to you know, associate, associate with. with. Yeah, but friends-wise, I was recently with a group of friends out of town, and this was when George Floyd had recently like, just died, like, a few days before, and I was talking about it every day I was out of town. Like, was I remember, like, she was texting me oh about it, y'all, like... Yeah, like <laughs> and I was talking about it with my friends up there, and some of them just would not engage in the conversation. One was even, like, yeah, I don't know enough about, like, what's going on. And I'm like, and yes, they were. <laughs> white. <laughs> they all were white. I was the only black woman, black person there. And so to hear someone be like, oh, yeah, I don't know enough, that's ignorance that I don't. And that, no, see, like, that's bullshit. Because how do you not know enough about it whenever it was literally taking over social media? Like, you could not get on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, nothing for that whole week without at least seeing the name George Floyd or Black Lives Matter. So that's bullshit. You just chose not to see it. Another thing they kept saying, if they did talk about it, someone would be like, oh, yeah, that's so sad what happened to that guy. Like, oh, that guy. And I'm like, um, excuse the fuck? Um, he has a name. It's George Floyd. It's everywhere. It's literally everywhere. And you're going to say that guy as if he's just another guy that died? Like, that's that's awful. And it was pissing me the fuck off. I feel like I've noticed that with white people a lot. That's something that they do. 
Um, I don't know if it's like a way for them to just not feel it and put it in the back of their mind. But I've noticed in these situations where our people are being killed, um, they refuse to say the name. And I feel like that's why the hashtag say her name or say his name is so important because they will not say the name. And I feel like in their minds, when they think they're not saying it, it's not real to them. It didn't happen. It's just another person. So again bullshit like that's bullshit and it's annoying to like know that you have people like that in your life um the term that I feel like fits them at this point is closet racist I've noticed that about a lot of people lately and I seen a post that said your white friends never liked black people they just liked you and I haven't related to something so much in my life as I have now because with my family, like, I'm about to air shit out right now. So, you ready? Okay. Are y'all ready? Let's go. So, my white family decided they wanted to show their ass. Um, You know, like I said, I want to be the next Malcolm X. So, I was at a protest. Because that's what I do. I'm going to go to this protest. I'm going to show out. I'm going to be there for my people. I'm going to do what needs to be done. So, you know, I'm going to the protest. I'm feeling empowered. I'm feeling great. I leave it. It was the best day. Like, I don't want to say it was the best day because it was obviously sad. You know, why are we protesting police brutality in 2020? But I'm saying it was the best day because it felt so liberating and so powerful for me because this is what I want to do. I want to be an advocate. I want to be an activist. So it was like, oh, my God, like I did this. So I was very proud of myself. I went home from it. I had a very educated discussion with my mom about how she shouldn't say that she doesn't see color. Um, The conversation went well. Jordan knows this story already, so she's just staring at me like, (laughs) oh, my God. So I was like, you know what? I had this conversation with my mom, and I've been seeing a lot of white people saying the whole, I don't see color. I don't care if you're purple. No, like, that's a very ignorant statement. And I was explaining that to my mom, and I decided I was going to take it to the internet and, you know, just make it general for everybody else, try to educate the people. Like, look, when you say that you don't see color, you're choosing not to see the injustices that people of color face. So we want you to see color, but we want you to also empathize with it. We want you to understand it. We want you to be educated on it. See our color. But be an ally in it. So (laughs) someone in my family took a little bit of offense to it. And I woke up to text messages and voicemails and the whole family disowning me and calling my mom and telling my mom that I hate her because she's white. First of all, y'all, I love my mama. So I don't know what y'all talking about. Like, are we serious? I love that woman. Like, that's my sis. No. Saying that I'm racist towards white people. First of all, no, like, <laughs> first, yeah, you can't be racist to a group that's not oppressed. So let's just, let's so just get that. Caller? Yeah, next caller, next caller. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, delusional. Then they're telling me, like, you know, all she can do is care about the black people. And how could she do this when her black dad left her with a white lady? Like, Y'all are dense. <laughs> like, at this point, this is a joke. Are we serious? Like, are these people actually my blood relatives? So, obviously, like, I'm in my feelings. Um, I had a lot of feelings towards it. I was sad, but I was also mad. Because, you know, there was so much that was said in between 
I would say like a 48 hour to 72 hour span from that. Like it just started to get gradually worse and worse and worse. And it started to spread throughout other members of the family. So at that point, I kind of realized like my family was closet racist because we're not going to disagree on human rights. You know, we can agree to disagree on politics. That's fine. You know, if we're not on the same political spectrum, that's fine to an extent, because I'm not going to say it's all the way fine, because, look, I can't rock with you if you rocking with the orange man. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, you know, like, I can agree to disagree. Like, I was a political science major. I know that politics is very deep, so we can disagree on that. But the fact that they were saying, like, this is politics, no, it's not. This is basic human rights. Um, all my people are doing is asking to matter. And mattering isn't even enough like we're asking for the bare minimum and you're disagreeing with me and calling me racist and pretty much disowning me like at this point I've been told that the family doesn't even like me they don't want to talk to me anymore they can't stand me so I'm just over here like have y'all been racist my whole thing like my whole life like do y'all know that I'm black and then, you know, I got to thinking, like, I really sat back because I talked to my therapist about it. And, you know, she was like, hey, are you really that surprised? And I was like, yeah, like, what do you mean? This is my family. I love these people. They love me. Like, what are you talking about? Yes, I'm surprised. And she was like, no, like, sit down and think, were there ever times in your life that they might have made little slick comments? So I really sat down and thought, and, you know, she was right. Like, there were a few family members that I knew, like, my whole life that were, like, racist. Um, just because of where they grew up in the city, they're hicks. They always made racist comments. Like, we would be at the cookouts, me and the other black person in the family, and they would make jokes about watermelon and chicken and, like, orange soda, like, or grape soda. Like, what? Y'all are weird. And, you know, we would just be like, huh, huh. But in our heads, and, like, when we would look at each other, like, yo, is this nigga serious? <laughs> so, and then there was, like, other times whenever I would post, like, how I'm going to be the first black woman president, and I had someone in my family comment and say, no, you're just going to be the first woman president. Bitch, I said black because I'm black. Blackity black, black, black. <laughs> like, black. are you dumb? <laughs> okay? Like, are we dumb? So it was like, yeah, thinking back, like, they always made these little racist comments. And actually, the person who started this beef, I remember being around her one time. And, like, you know how white people, they won't say black. They whisper it. They'll be like, yeah, and I was talking to this black Like, bitch, if you don't say that with your test. <laughs> so I was like, yo, she be doing that. Like, they're, okay, so they were actually racist. I'm not surprised. Like, I'm surprised, but I'm not. So it's like, I feel like these closet racists have been hiding behind the fact that they had a black family member. And that's just like the white people who be like, well, I have black friends. So I can say the N-word. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's jumping out. This movement, if anything, it, it made the racists really jump out and show their ass. Like, they are out here like, I'm racist and I'm proud. And I'm just like... Yeah. <laughs> Y'all serious? <laughs> Y'all want the fade now or later? <laughs> like, it's, it's very disheartening. It sucks, you know, especially whenever it's your family. I feel like at this point, I expect it from the world. Um, Friends doesn't really disappoint me. Coworkers doesn't because it's like, I 
I don't have any real ties to these people, you know, like, yeah, we're friends. Yeah, we we're coworkers. But at the same time, like, I don't have no ties to y'all. It's nothing for me to cut y'all off because you're racist. But my family is like, damn, I really got to cut y'all off. And then I'm like over here thinking like, yo, y'all was around my son. Like, my son is a black man. Like, he is a little black man. He's a baby, but he's a little black man in America. So, like, y'all should really understand why I'm fighting as hard as I am. And the fact that you don't is just, is beyond me. Like, I'm, I don't really have words for it anymore because I'm just, I'm at a point of, like, numbness, I think. I'm just like, okay, you're just another one on the list of, millions of racists living in America like don't cross my path at this point and if you say any racist shit to me I'm throwing face everybody that's where I'm at right now like that little hat that says make racists catch the fade again like yes when are we about to do that because I'm tired of y'all recording videos of these Karens and not popping them like stop let a Karen come up to me bitch I'm popping you and the only reason I'm recording it is to y'all world star so I can go viral like about to pop off like why are y'all why are y'all really letting these racists come at you and y'all not hitting them like what is recording it twitter look at this racist bitch if y'all hit her like i ain't i'm about to be a lawyer i'll bail y'all out (laughs) shit (laughs) i'll link y'all to some lawyers i don't know just make races catch the fade again like how else they gonna learn they not they gonna learn today <laughs> shit they okay <laughs> all right all right all right <laughs> but for real i just feel like i feel like that's big i feel like that the racism i know it's a civil rights movement And it feels so weird calling it that. Like, we're in 2020, and it feels so weird saying we're in a civil rights movement right now, but we are. And it's like, yeah. I think it's just really sad. And I also saw something on Twitter about how they try to make it seem the actual civil rights movement seem so long ago. But pictures in black and white when they were actually in color. Like, seeing these pictures in color. And Martin Luther King, if he was still alive, would be the same age as Barbara Walters. Like, are we... Are we kidding? And Anne Frank, but that's... Yeah, like, but, like... Yeah, they all make it seem like it was, like, the Holocaust was, like, forever ago. Then the Civil Rights Movement, still forever ago. They make it seem like it was hundreds of years ago, and it really wasn't because there are people alive right now who were in the Civil Rights Movement. Like, you're seeing these pictures from these protests, and there are old people, like, I'm still fighting for this shit in 2020. And it's like, yo, that shit really was, like, low-key yesterday, and schools and history in America has made it seem like it was so far away when it wasn't. It's heartbreaking. It's very heartbreaking and I feel like this fake shock, like I can't believe it's still being talked about and thought about. How can y'all not believe it whenever it wasn't that long ago? Like history repeats itself and this is something that has been occurring in America for so long and never really had a solution. Like it was never fixed. Yeah, we got some rights, but we barely there. Like, y'all still don't treat us as humans. Black women are dying in 
them in hospitals because they can't get the correct medical care. Black men are dying in the streets because cops think they're all terrible. Like, black children are being thrown out into these movements and are becoming the face of them and they're being traumatized because they're so young but this is the reality like the fact that I have to give my son the talk at five years old like hey babe this is what you don't do to try to keep him alive and the list of things not to do just keeps getting longer and longer and longer like oh by the way you also can't go jogging because you're gonna die oh you know what don't sleep on our couch because they might bust into our house accidentally and shoot you and kill you. Don't pay with a check. You know, don't. Uh, yeah. Don't don't walk around with a hoodie and skittles. Yeah, skittles yeah. Don't do that. Absolutely Especially don't do that. Especially not in the neighborhood. How dare you? Okay, and let me not even buy you any toy guns. Sorry, babe. You can't play with water guns because the cops might think it's real. So it's like it's very. It is very heartbreaking. I feel like that's the best way to describe it. It's heartbreaking. It's. And you feel defeated. I, that is, yeah, let's, let's get into that. That's how I felt. I feel like the mental health of the black community has to be deteriorating right now. Because I know a fact for myself and for people around me that our mental has not been well. Like, I'm so thankful that I'm in therapy because if I wasn't, I would be going crazy right now. Like, my mental health is honestly, like, worse than it's been in a while solely because of this my therapist is on maternity leave so i've been pushing (laughs) i mean i'm here for you to talk (laughs) it is very hard and it's like you know you can take breaks from social media but then i feel like where i'm at with that is whenever i'm not on social media i get so scared that i'm gonna miss something so then my anxiety acts up because i'm like okay well i'm taking this break but what if something else happens like i need to be in the know but then I get on there and it's just so depressing. And it's like, I don't, I don't know how to balance, especially because of the rule that I want to take and everything. I feel like I have to just throw myself in it. And it's just really hard. It's like, I want to stay informed, but I also want to be able to go on Twitter and laugh at things like, you know, the Grinch meme where he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, things like that. Or SpongeBob heading out, like, or SpongeBob going up to dance to every song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I want to be able to laugh at memes and not see things about sexual assault, which we're probably definitely going to do. We are definitely going to do it, and you're going to be a guest on that one, too, because I ain't going to be able to get through that one by myself. <laughs> sexual assault, like, racism, just mental health in itself. Like, yes, it's just all, it's all downhill. It is, and I feel like, for us as black women, um, you know, mental health, I don't want to say it hits us harder because it also, mental health in the black community in general is just very, like, taboo. We're going to do an episode. Yeah. Jordan's going to be, like, a guest on a lot of my episodes because this is stuff we talk about all the time. And we both face. Yeah. So we'll definitely get into the mental health one a little more. But what I was saying is, like, I don't want to take away from black men whenever I'm saying this either, because I know black men struggle with mental health, too. And it's because, like, they they are they, they have to keep themselves up to this higher standard where they're not allowed to feel. But I think black women struggle with it in the aspect of we we'll always have to be the strong black woman. Like, you tell somebody, you know, what you're going through mentally. And then it, as a black woman, the first thing they say to you is, well, you're a strong black woman. You're going to get through it. No, I'm not. Like, I don't feel like I am. And I don't like, like, yes, I am strong. I'm a very strong woman. I'm a very strong black woman. But 
that doesn't define me. And it's like, by you saying that, you're kind of taking away from the fact that I'm having these feelings right now. And it's like, that's not helping me get better. It's not making me feel like I can go conquer the world. All it's doing is making me feel like, all right, I'm going to head out. Like, now I feel more down than I did before I had this conversation with you. Like, it's it's very shitty. That's the word. It is very shitty. Because, especially right now, like, it is just so, it's very hard to just, like, get through the day. Like, I have been going through the days right now feeling like I'm in a daze. Like, I'm here, but I don't feel like I'm here. I don't get sleep. Like, yo, <laughs> I had a dream yesterday that I was at a protest and got shot. Like, why am I dreaming about this? That's not okay. Like, and you know, I was telling, I was telling my man about it, and he, I like when they were my man. <laughs> and he was like, "Are you worried? Like, are you scared or something? Like, usually that's what those dreams mean." And like in my head, I'm like, "Yes, actually, I am. Like, I'm actually terrified right now. Like, you know." Um, forgive me for forgetting her name. I'm so sorry. Like, there's so much going on right now, and I'm terrible with names, and my memory is shit. But the girl who's 18, and she just got killed at a red light in Ohio by a white man. Like, that's scary, bro. That's really scary. Because, and then you see, like, these videos of protests and these white people coming out with guns and trying to shoot people. Like, that's so terrifying to know that, like, me and my son could be at the grocery store and a white person could just hate me because I'm black and just kill me right then and there. Like, that's terrifying. Or it's terrifying for the fact that, like, my brothers or my boyfriend or my cousins could just, like, not come home one day because they're black men in America. Like, this shit is very scary. So, yeah, whenever he said, are you worried about something? Yes, I'm in a constant state of worry because tensions are so high right now. Like, they've always been high, but for some reason, I feel like with this movement, tensions are at, like, an all-time high. Like, I don't feel like anybody's safe, and I know that sounds crazy, but it's like, look at what's happening. Like, look how many black men were just lynched in a week, and they're ruling it as suicides. Kendrick Johnson was rolled up in a gym mat, and his organs were taken out, and y'all said that was suicide. So you want me to believe that black men are hanging themselves from trees in the middle of a civil rights movement? They're not doing that. They are not doing that. Where's the proof? They're not doing that. And like the one who just killed himself at the school, they were like, well, there's surveillance to prove it. And people are demanding the surveillance video. Where's it at then? Show us the video. But then at the same time, like y'all could doctor the video because that's what y'all did to Kendrick. So it's like, I'm just. It's it's a, it feels like a legend novel. And I feel like that's what it's going to take because we are fighting clearly all the time the protests are still going on but still going on we are on what day 20 something of protests go america i'm very proud right now but it's like but these men are still dying so it's like how much is really changing you're going to change a street name in washington dc and paint black lives matter on the street and y'all y'all elected officials are wearing fucking and kneeling okay And, and y'all are canceling fucking Paw Patrol. Nobody asked y'all to cancel Paw Patrol, okay? We love Chase. We love Ryder, okay? Ryder and his team of pups are not for the police brutality bullshit. Y'all are doing everything but what we're asking y'all to do. I actually can't really 
reform like what are we doing i just saw a tweet that said now it's somebody they just made a law about police officers having to have a high school diploma you need to tell in me cleveland me in cleveland ohio me like no the fuck no yeah whole system just needs to be changed whole system needs to be changed and we demand this and we demand it now and i can't wait until you're actually president because like <laughs> Like, I'm gonna try. Like this is the army, and then now we have police in Atlanta walking out on the job. So you mean to tell me these niggas is quitting their jobs because they can't murder black people? Like, do y'all not see how crazy this? Honestly, if there was white people listening to my podcast, do y'all not see how fucking crazy y'all sound? Like this shit is beyond me. Did you see that video in Atlanta of the cops going up to the car and tasing? The two people and, and yes, and then, and then there's a video of white kids in front and they're waving. And the only reason they even remotely get in trouble or suspended or anything is because it's on fucking video. Imagine how many have been assaulted, like and it hasn't been caught on camera. We know the one's caught on camera because we see the footage, which is traumatizing in itself that we have to see it. I'm not even gonna hold you. I can't even like I did not watch George Floyd's video. I watched I think about ten seconds of it and I had to turn it off because at this point I am for his mom. Like his dead mother. Yes. Like it's it's very traumatizing. So it's like you're right. Imagine how many aren't recorded. Like there there we see so many. Like, okay, there's a Twitter thread right now. I think the last time I looked at it, it was in like the four hundreds. So it's more now, but 400 plus videos of police brutality that it started at the beginning of these protests, 400 plus videos. Okay. So that's, that's 400 plus videos right there caught on video. If there's 400 plus, how many more are not caught on video? Like, I feel like at this point, Black men, women, and children, because it is children. The police are killing children, are dying at the hands of corrupt police at crazy rates right now. And for people to just be out here defending them, all lives matter, all of that. Yes, like you sound really ignorant and you lack so much empathy because people are losing their lives. These are real people. This is not a game. Like, this is not a trend. These are real people losing their real lives and their families being fucked up over it forever because of some corrupt-ass cops that y'all are out here defending. Oh, well, not all cops are bad. Well, not all black men in America are thugs. Even if they were, that doesn't mean they deserve to die. Like, who made y'all God? These police are really walking around with God complexes, and I want to know who made y'all God. Like, is that in their rule book, like, whenever they're trained? Let me be God? Like, let me just decide? Do you know how many... So, there's the one incident where he didn't die, but he still got shot. It was the black man, and he's laying on the ground with his hands up because... He was, yes, and when they asked the cop why they shot him, he said, I don't know. And I'm pretty sure Antoine's cop said the same thing. 
I don't know why I just shot him. Well, you just killed a child. You just killed a 17-year-old boy while he was running away. Because he was terrified of you. And you don't know why you did it. And you are still walking around free. Like, please save the All Lives Matter and the Blue Lives Matter bullshit. Because I'm not here for it. And I'm really about to start popping y'all in your mouths. Because at this point, it's just disrespectful. And I'm not, no, like, no. We're just trying to say that black lives matter. We're not saying that a white life doesn't matter. Not because we don't fucking fuck with cops, but we're not saying that they're like, that they deserve to fucking die. And just, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, but, like, we're literally just fighting for equality so that all, like, so that black men, black women, black children can be seen as people. People that deserve to live, to have these families, to get married. Things that so many of these people's lives have been taken by police will never get to experience or do. And it just, it irks my soul that people are like, this blue stripe is for blue lives matter. Like, get the fuck. Okay, unless blue lives aren't even fucking real. Okay? You can take your police uniform off. We can't take our black skin off. You don't see anybody fighting that hard for their 9 to 5. Okay, why, why? Okay, and then, like, that post that said, you know, I don't see no song called Fuck the Fire Department. Exactly. Period. There is something wrong with y'all. Like, if everybody in the world, because at this point, it's the world. The world. I mean, they don't deserve it. No, I like the firefighters. Firefighters are victims of police brutality. A police officer, did you see this? Again, I'm so terrible with names, and I hate this. Um... If y'all follow me on social media, I'll link it. But, so it was this firefighter, and he was outside of the fire department in his full firefighter gear, a black man. And the police came up and pulled their guns on him and everything because he matched the suspect. This nigga was on the job in his fire department clothes. Like, are y'all fucking dumb at this point? I feel like the police are just driving around like, let's hunt black people. Like, Okay, and you know what? Can we stop kneeling with the police at the protest and stop fucking doing the cha-cha slide with them? These niggas don't care about us. Stop forcing them to put the fist in the air. Like, I just seen the video of young M.A. trying to force the cop to put his fist up. He don't want to, sis. They don't fuck with us. Stop doing that. Stop dancing with them. Stop kneeling with them. Like, they don't care about us. This is an act. All these protest videos where they're getting the cops to kneel and then they get close to them and they start tear gassing, like, they're taking us as a joke, okay? Malcolm was not out here doing the two-step with the motherfucking police. He wasn't. And neither was Tupac. And neither was Martin. So stop doing this shit. Like, why are y'all doing this? Make it make sense. Like, I feel like this movement can make a change and I feel like it's a very powerful movement and I'm very proud of like all of our people and all of our allies shit I'm proud of the world because like I said the world is protesting police brutality in America okay so it's like I'm very proud but I just want us to you know like don't lose sight of the movement like let's really focus let's buckle down because we are getting things done you know we're getting these cops charged Charged is good. We we need convictions and we need them to be fired. But you know, one step at a time. We're getting lost past. But you know, Breonna Taylor's killers are still out there. They're they're still walking the streets. They they haven't been arrested. So you know, let's let's make that happen. Um, the cop who killed Antoine is trying to get hired at new police departments. Like, no, let's put an end to that. That's not cool. So it's like 
I don't want us to lose sight of the movement. It is dying down on social media. It's, you know, you're not seeing much of it anymore. I just want us to continue to go hard and go strong for it, though, because I feel like it is capable of making a change. And I feel like if any generation can make the change, it's this one. Like, this generation is very strong-minded. Um, we're a force to be reckoned with. Like, we have a lot of losers. I'm not going to lie. And, yes, like, y'all y'all going to learn today. Period. So, and I feel like I don't like the saying, you know, um, we're not our ancestors, we'll beat your ass or whatever those people say. I don't like that saying particularly because our ancestors was really with the shits in the civil rights movement, okay? They was getting hit with water hoses and police dogs. Like, they was with the shits. I do like to say that we are our ancestors' wildest dreams. Like, I feel like they're very proud of this movement that we have going on. And they want to see it go further. Yeah, like, they don't want us to let up. We can't let up. And I feel like that's very important, is that we just, we keep fighting. Like, I know it's tiring, and it's draining, and it's deteriorating our mental health. It's causing post-traumatic stress. <laughs> like, it's a lot of things, but I want us to keep it going, you know? So if there's ways, like, you can cope you know, take those breaks, hang out with friends. I know the Rona is still kind of a thing, but you know, kick it with your friends, get some read, watch movies, like, you know, just take some time, take breaks from it, but still be a part of it. Still sign the petitions. I'm not telling y'all to go to protest, but sign the petitions or donate, you know, link some shit, do something, write letters to your elected officials. Like, Email them. Like, if y'all if y'all want to know how to do it, like, and follow me on social media, I'll show y'all how to do it. Like, we can get these letters going to our elected officials, you know. Try to start nonprofits. Like, figure out how you can really, really do something, you know, something meaningful. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Damn. We I, did it. Um, we did. I feel good. I feel good as well. I'm glad that we touched on such a serious topic. I feel, I don't know. It's just, like, I'm glad we talked about it. And I just hope people actually take something from this. And I feel like us talking about it made me feel better. Mm-hmm. Like, already my mental feels okay. I feel less anxious. So I feel like, you know, what me and her just did is what you should do. Go talk to your friends about it. Because it's, it's like getting weight off your shoulders. It's like finally letting it out. And now you can breathe. You got it out to somebody. So I think that's important. You know? You're my soulmate. So You're my soulmate. <laughs> All right. So, you know, that's we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. We're going to wrap up my second episode. The vlog has really launched. I'm so proud. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about on my next one. I got a few suggestions. So, I'm just going to go through them and see what I can talk about for a really long time <laughs> by myself. And, uh, <laughs> um, unless Jordan wants to join. I don't know. She probably can. <laughs> like I said before, um, I'm going to try to do it every week, but if not, definitely every other week. So follow me on social media at the Kyrie Curving um, for updates on when I'm going to launch my next episode. And yeah, that's that's yeah. it, y'all. You know, go celebrate Juneteenth. Get lit. I know I'm about to. I think I'm about to. So yeah. She means fucked up. <laughs> Or she means get fucked. I don't know. Um, like I also said, this is a no-filter podcast. So y'all going to get the real and the raw. But anyways, that's it. That's all.